Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. At the end of Jesus' baptism, the heavens opened. And the Spirit of God descended like a dove. And a voice said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now up to this time, Jesus was just a kid. Then a young man. And sure, he probably heard stories from his mother. And from his father. From his stepfather about the, the narrative when he was a little boy or when he was born and how the wise men came and how the shepherds came and those stories that attended to his birth. And then and he's just a kid. Then when he's 12 years old, he goes to the temple and he's hanging out with the, the uh, teachers of the temple. Mom and dad forget to look for him on the way back because there are so many kids and so much, so many people. They realize he's, he's lost after a couple of days. They go back to try to find him and he, they find him of all places in the temple. Then, it's just normal, ordinary life. But the Spirit of God moved him to go down to the Jordan to John to be baptized. He's baptized and then this phenomenal event occurs. Now what? He's seen what kings, what happens to kings. He's seen the processions that have come into Jerusalem. He's seen all of the the horses and the parades and all the banners. Instead, he goes to the wilderness. He goes to a very harsh environment. From the Jordan, he in all likelihood went south down probably to the eastern side of the Dead Sea. Hot, miserable place to to be because God told him to go there. And he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. He has no food. And very hungry. And as his body is screaming at him for food, His ears are burning with demonic voices. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to, a, to the holy city, to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you. 
and they will hold you up with their hands so you will not even hurt a foot on, the st on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil went away. And angels came and took care of Jesus. Temptation of Jesus was real. It's not something he just had to go through. It was a, a real experience of temptation. Hard, harsh. We all know what temptation is. And ordinarily, ordinarily as it says in the, in the Proverbs, you know, there are, there are the, the evil, the foolish, and the wise. We spend most of our time in that foolish category. And so when we hear or we see an opportunity to do something that we know we shouldn't, well, we might resist for a while, but how long can we really resist? How long till we just say to ourselves, oh, oh, oh well, go for it. We all know temptation. We're human. We all know how it is. And Jesus however, is really, really tempted. I remember as a kid playing basketball and we went down to Pauley Pavilion. We were going to play UCLA. And for a brief period of that time, I was on the, I was on the horizontal hardwood with Bill Walton. 6'11", 245, long arms, big hands, 30-inch vertical. And for a brief period of time, I saw him and I just thought, this guy is amazing. It's like another species. I think I better go into the ministry or something. <laughs> well, then at halftime, our center, because we were getting destroyed. We lost by 30 points. Our center was sitting in the locker room. His, his head was down and he was watching perspiration drip off of his nose. And we were all kind of quiet as before the coach came in. And the center really experienced how good Bill Walton was. I had a brief experience. I had just a moment. But he had a whole half and then the second half of getting beat up by Bill Walton out on the floor. He really knew what it was. Jesus really knew what it was. He experienced fully the power of Satan, of the tempting power of, of the devil himself. So this was not something that he just passed through. It wasn't just a cakewalk for him. He was truly, really tempted. And of course, he's tempted with the stuff that we're all tempted by, and that's the body. This is such a demanding edifice that we occupy. And the various temptations of life, we all know what they are. 
And we know how powerful they can pull. And Jesus, who was fasting all of that time, felt that, that urge, that power. And he, you know, the, 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 the countryside there and so many places, it's just littered with stones. Malcolm Muggeridge was filming there and he, he reported how he saw all of these stones. They looked about the same size and indeed they looked like loaves of bread. And you know how it is, if you're really hungry, you can visualize, you have images. And Jesus certainly saw those loaves and Satan said, turn them into bread. And he said, no. He resisted the temptation. This was a temptation for Jesus to be sort of a, uh, kind of a social Messiah. A Messiah that would turn things to, turn loaves or turn rocks to, to, to bread. And the promise of so many messiahs was that they would take care of them. They would feed them. They would make sure that they had everything they wanted and everything they needed. And they would be so popular because they got free stuff from that kind of social messiah. I'm not advocating it, but I've been watching this movie or this series, Narcos. And um, there's this one scene of Pablo Escobar in in um, Medellin and he was so popular with the people and one scene he's surrounded by some of its citizens and he's standing there giving them money just handing out money to them and they're all smiling they're all so happy so often we would love such a messiah to give us stuff to somehow give us what we want when we want it give us what we need when we want it and how often it is that our faith goes into a crisis when we find ourselves with some kind of affliction. Our body is, is racking us with pain or with fear. And we want, we want our Messiah to fix it right away. And rather than simply doling out what it is we want, our God allows us to go through whatever process it is that we must go through. Because there's this strange thing about God. He wants us to know real freedom. He wants us to walk in complete freedom in this life. And if we, when we had a toothache or something like that and, and said to God, heal it for me. Well, who'd be God? Who's responding to whom? Who's in charge here? Our bodies are always making demands on us. And we cannot, therefore, make demands upon God. And Jesus did not make that demand upon God. So Satan failed there. So we took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. And there's some... Um, Stories about how the, the Messiah would show up there and, and jump off and land amongst the people. And all the people would praise this religious Messiah. And how he would acquire their worship by doing this crazy act. 
jumping off the temple. And Jesus said, no. Was not going to be some kind of a, a religious leader of that sort. He wasn't going to be someone who, by his actions, would make belief virtually impossible. How can you not believe when he jumped off and we saw the angels come to him? That kind of, that kind of belief is constrained. There's no persuasion. There's no love that precedes and that woos and that brings one in. And it's also a form of belief that doesn't last. It has no, it has no shelf life at all. So Jesus would not be a social messiah simply giving stuff out. He wouldn't be a, a religious messiah simply demonstrating power and power and power. And so Satan led, led him to a high mountain. And there, from that place, they could see all the kingdoms of the world. And there, Lucifer made an offer. All this power is yours. It's all yours. All you have to do is bow down. Bow down and worship me. And this is exactly what happens when we got the name Lucifer to begin with. It's in the 14th chapter of Isaiah. It's actually the, the reconfiguration of a Babylonian myth. That myth was that was based on the, the morning rising of Venus. As we all know, Venus comes up in the morning and then it'll be up in the evening. But in this case, it's the morning star, Venus coming up. And it's so bright in the morning when it's there, especially when it's not in a crescent form, when it's full, there's a full Venus out. And so the mythology was that the day star, the morning star rose up, aspiring to be like God. And then the sun comes up, God rises up and casts it down. And so the mythology goes, oh Lucifer, how are you cast down? You who tried to be like God, wanted to ascend to the heavens and be like God, but God has cast you down. So Lucifer hasn't given up. The devil tries again. If you want to be like God, if you want to be God-like, if you want to have reign over all the world, if you want to be a ruler Messiah, if you want to be the one who's really in charge, all you have to do is bow down to me. So Lucifer, Satan, the demonic voice tries again. And Jesus says, get out of here. Go on. Leave. And in so doing, then the angels come and attend to him. See, what this is really all about, this whole story is about the identity of Jesus. If Jesus is going to be the Messiah, if he is truly God's son, this is the, the test of what it means to be God's Messiah, the Father's Son. And there's no power mongering. 
It says in Philippians, the Apostle Paul says that he relinquished his divine prerogative. And he took on the form of a servant. Jesus, all of his ministry, doesn't evidence lording power. He evidences love and, and, and servanthood and care. And the way in which he draws people to himself is by demonstrating his love for people. Not by lording over them. Not by some dramatic demonstration. His healings were for the sake of inspiring faith and reinforcing faith. But even the healings didn't have the power to create faith. Only to support and encourage that faith. So Jesus, as a servant, what kind of Messiah is this? That is arrested by Roman authorities and has a, 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 a puppet in place who sees that he's crucified. I mean, you look at the story of Jesus, it looks like the story of an abject failure. But the story of Jesus is the story of one who loved to the fullest extent of what God intended. And it's always the satanic voice that would cause him to do something other than serve and care and demonstrate that love. So Jesus was fully tempted, really tempted. And this is picked up then in Hebrews, where the writer reminds us, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jesus is our high priest. He is the one who, God with us, endured temptations far more than we ever could. And so he understands. He understands. And we can bring all of our hearts, all of our lives, all of our struggles, all of our fears. We can bring it all to him. We're told that in prayer, that we just make our requests known. Just let it be known. Doesn't matter what they are. We let God know. And he understands. And he loves us still. Will you bow with me in prayer? Oh Lord, we know, compared to you, a little bit of temptation. Compared to you, we know moments when we prevail. And unlike you, we know many instances in which we fail. But you understand.
You're there for us, and you await us as we come to you, confessing our sin and leaving with the joy of forgiveness. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.